and continue to get better. That's what we talk about every time. It's about getting better each and every episode. So that's our main motto. That's facts, modern growth. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. You have to grow. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Modern Growth. Here with my co-host, Gabe. What's going on, Gabe? How you doing, big fella? Man, you know I can't call it, man. Happy to be here, man. Another Friday. Just blessed to be alive, man, and, and moving forward, bro. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good, man. I'm definitely excited about the content that we're able to bring to the table today. Um, we just here to follow up with our most successful episode on Modern Growth, How to Say I Love You in Black. The biggest thing we wanted to do was highlight the issues that black men face. Um, I feel like a lot of times we, you know, receive a lot of pressure, have to respond to that pressure. But, you know, the vulnerability that black men sometimes face, I think that, you know, we don't really come to terms with everything that we need to. So we have two special guests um, that are going to help us dive into this topic, do a deep dive and really get into these issues that, you know, black men face and, uh, you know, whether it's adversity or whatever the case may be. So got two special guests, uh, Will Brown and Stephen Beckton, and um, I'm going to give them both the opportunity to introduce themselves and explain, you know, everything about themselves and, you know, why they chose to, you know, hop on the podcast today. We're really appreciative of that. Um, Will, you can definitely just pop us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, for sure. Well, yeah, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, uh, born and raised. Um, coming up, always was interested in sports and science and technology. So uh, went to college, small D2, Missouri S&T, it's in Rolla, Missouri, uh, majoring in engineering. And once I got out of school, I got the opportunity to play in the NFL for a couple of years. So I played with the Titans, with the Chiefs, uh, spent the season in Canada, went up to Montreal, balled up there. Uh, so after that, it was a transition season. I wanted to figure out what was next for me. So um, I reached out to a lot of just sports science type of companies and started working as a project engineer with Exos and using technology and uh, just different products around recovery and training. That's what I do now. And so um, professionally, I'm an engineer, but outside of that, I try to do a lot to just give back and help other athletes find that transition path or help young athletes train. I do a lot of just uh, one-on-ones and group sessions. So still tapped in with my peoples and still just trying to build now that I'm done playing ball. Coach Love Will. to hear it, man. Love to hear it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for, you know, you bring a lot to the table with your experience, your background. So definitely excited. Gabe told me a lot about you. Definitely excited to hear your perspective on what we got going on today. And uh, my most honorable, man, Stephen Beckton, man, this is my, my good frat brother, one of my old heads, the five bit decision attorney incorporated. And, uh, you know, he's always been a mentor to me, always had like a, uh, an ideal perspective that, you know, I can always pull from and we always on the same page. And uh, I definitely, he's been very helpful as far as like, you know, telling us different things and telling me different things about the podcast. He's always been tapped in and, you know, it's greatly appreciated. So Steph, man, thanks for popping on here. Why don't you just tell everybody else a little bit about yourself? Um, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Um, shout out to Gabe and Kendall. Um, Y'all doing a good thing so far. Um, keep going. Um, keep challenging people through your content. Um, but hi, everybody. My name is Stephen Beckton. I'm born and raised in Amster, Michigan. Um, been there until I went up to Central Michigan University. Got my um, degree from there from, for broadcast and cinematic arts. Came back and been a working man. Um, 
don't have any athletic um, background um, other than high school ball. Um, but I've been working since I was 14. I think the reason why I'm here specifically is because of this topic. Um, always intrigued me the, you know, um, male, female um, battle or conversations or struggles or communications between the two. It's always been intriguing. I've always been engaged, always been observing ever since, you know, I was young. And I'm looking forward to having this conversation today. Man, love to hear it, G. Man, love, definitely love to hear it. So, like you said, I think this conversation is definitely interesting to, you know, a lot of us, especially those who care about, you know, how we are viewed by Black women. So, for those who don't know, you know, in summary, you know, our, our um, How to Say I Love You in Black podcast was pretty much about, like, how Black women do not feel protected, you know, by Black men. And I know that we're going to talk about a variety of things today, but just quickly, like, Will, do you, how do you feel about that when you hear Black women say they don't feel protected by Black men? Do you feel like it's any truth to that, or what are your first thoughts when you hear that? I think it's facts. Um, I think it's a lot of, it's a lot of history, and it's a lot of social and mental programming we could break down, but when it come down to it, it, it start at home, and you see how, how does your father, if you got one at home, but how does your father treat your mother and how does he treat her both as a husband and as a man period in terms of being accountable in terms of holding down the household in a way that you're leading by example and not just saying this is the way I think you should carry yourself but not holding yourself to that same standard as a man and so a lot of the protection is we as men always take it as physical like Ain't nobody finna put their hands on my woman. Ain't, ain't even a question. And so what we don't put that same energy towards is protecting the mind and especially protecting the emotions and knowing that that protection is just as probably more important than the physical protection. And so I know we got a lot to do and a long way to go. I definitely agree with you, man. I definitely agree with you. Steph, just give us a quick synopsis of about how you feel when you first hear about, you know, black men not protecting black women. Um, before listening to that pod, I would have battled this tooth and nail. Um, but I challenged myself afterwards. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's right. And I'll even take it a step okay. further. Um, I'll definitely take it a step further. Um, not only do black men protect black women the least black women are far more protective of their black men like they will step up and speak on behalf of their black men before most black men will step up and speak for themselves you know i'm, I'm gonna keep this i'm trying to keep this real brief <laughs> um most like say i'm gonna keep it simple too say you're in a restaurant you're with your significant other your woman or you're out with your mom right and you order something and you say, no tomatoes. It comes to your table with tomatoes. Between you and your mom or you and your, your girl, who's going to step up and say, hey, he ordered no tomatoes first? That black queen right? going to say that. She going to say exactly. that the day of the week. Exactly. And then we're, mo we're more so to be pass it off. Like, you know what? I can take the tomatoes off. The woman will stand her ground and stand strong. Hey, you said no tomatoes. Let's get no tomatoes. You know, you can be in a controversial conversation with your wife, your woman, or your mom, and the waitress. And the waitress is like, well, he's saying it's fine. 
but your mom or your girlfriend would turn to her like, hey, what happened if he's allergic to tomato seeds? You don't know that. He asked for no tomatoes. Can I get no tomatoes? Like, that's keeping it very simplistic, but that's on, you know, the relationship level. It's, 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 it's blaring that the, the black females will stand up and protect their men far before the men will step up and protect themselves and also stand up and protect their woman. It's clear as day. Man, I think that's, I mean, it's a simplistic example, but it's a perfect example because I think that everybody can relate to that. Everybody can relate to like, and I'm not sure where that comes from, I guess. Like, where does that come from for us? Like where we feel hesitant to not speak up for ourselves. You know, I think that that comes from that comfort. And, and that's why I think uh, a lot of problem lies. That comfort is where we expect black women to just do that. We expect them to just play that role for us, you know? And in that, with that being said, when they play that role for us, we don't think that that just comes naturally. We don't think we have to display the same energy in return, you know? So may, so when this energy comes out of nowhere to us, where we feel like, dang, like, why do we feel, why do they feel like we don't protect them? Well, it stems from simple things like that. It comes from not speaking up. It comes from, you know, not making sure that, you know, they are protected, uh, that they are, um, they are not, not making sure that they're, they feel like they're not protected, uh, making sure that, you know, they're on that pedestal. I think those are big things that we need to really highlight um, in a lot of different ways. But uh, so what do you think that, what do you think that comes from, like, as far as, that hesitancy to not speak up or to not step up? Like, where does that come from? I think being a man, we always put a lot on our own shoulders and we we think of grit and pushing through as a sign of masculinity and as an act of manhood and not always complaining when it's necessary is our downfall sometimes because we take on Put it like this, we get comfortable with the idea of working twice as hard for half as much because we just thinking, all right, we just gotta keep our head down and keep working and we'll eventually get to the promised land. But in reality, we need to acknowledge the roadblocks. We need to hold people accountable when it's something that's really stopping our progression. And that's where that feminine energy comes in, where women, they do stand up. They do take that stance where men, we tend to keep on pushing through and having some grit because we think that's what it is. That's what it is to be a man. And that's true, but there has to be some balance to where you understand that not only do I have to speak up for myself and understand that this may cost me a little bit. It may cost me a position right now. It may cost me a paycheck right now sometimes, but your respect, your dignity is way more important in the long run than coming home and having that paycheck, but you done lost your manhood. So now you're not respecting your woman. You're not, your child don't respect you. And the things that you say don't match up with your actions. And so this is all a cycle that's staying consistent to the point where you are trapped in that mindset of pushing through, not saying nothing and leaving your family to suffer. No, I, I mean, I definitely agree. And I think that that head down mentality is what has got led us to this point, you know, because a lot of times we feel like you, like you said, you alluded to just putting a head down and we'll make it to the promised land. And we just focus on the physical, as you talked about er earlier, and the, the things that you can see, things that are tangible. I think that 
from that provider mindset, like we just think we're so sometimes we can be have just that tunnel vision where we think it only means one thing. But with that being said, we missed out on a variety of other things that, you know, that need to be highlighted when we talk about how we are able to fulfill the things that, you know, not only that we need to be vulnerable about, but also to be aware as far as what a black woman needs. Um, and like I said, like, I think that's one of the most important things because they have always been down for us and we've let them down in a variety of ways. So, I mean, in what ways do we get better for ourselves first and foremost, right? You know what I'm saying? Like we have to look, look internally before we can just worry about being better for a black woman. I feel like these conversations are the ones that are the most constructive, the most progressive, because obviously all of four of us on this uh, pod right now can acknowledge that, you know, we can be better, right? But that's not, would you say that's the consensus in the black community that black men can be better? Or do you think that black men overall feel like they, they do enough? I'm sure that you got a ton of people out there that sit up here and say, you know, uh, y'all just trying to, y'all just trying to separate, y'all just trying to cause a divide, y'all just trying to cause separation amongst black men and black women. But in reality, if we really sit down and look, I mean, it ain't even nothing to talk about, bro. <laughs> it ain't even nothing to talk about. We got to do better, point blank, period. Um, and that's, and that's come, that'll lose the Steph's point and Will's point. We got to do better standing up for ourselves and, and our women. Um, I don't think we, I think we've we've come so accustomed to, you know what I'm saying, just be saying like, oh, I'll be all right, or I'm cool, you know what I mean? When that ain't really the case, that hell, most of the times, I bet if you really ask somebody how they felt, they probably wouldn't even know, know really how they explain it to you because they so used to just saying like, I'm cool. Like for example, like when, when you say like, hi, how you doing to somebody? If you change that up sometimes, somebody gonna tell you how they doing, they just gonna say I'm good in response without even thinking about it. And they'd be like, damn, oh, you ain't even asked me how I was doing. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like we we didn't come so accustomed to to just like going through the motions and just going with the flow. That shit, we forget that we humans too. We got feelings. It's you gotta express it, you gotta like deal with them emotions, you gotta experience them emotions in order for you to like grow and, and move forward and, and be able to really build with somebody, whether that's on a like a friendship relationship or an intimate relationship, but you got to be able to communicate and really express how you feeling in order for you to learn one another to ever do anything with somebody else. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly, man. Like when, when you started your conversation saying, hey, it's clear as day that we need to do better, right? Um, I think every black male has had that conversation with himself once or twice at least before, right? But where do they go from there? Because we already have this stigma of if you show weakness, you're soft, you're punk, if you ask for help, especially in a, in a category like that, you know, your manhood starts to get questioned, your, how you were raised starts to get questioned, and it puts you in a vulnerable state. So I would assume that there's plenty of men that get to that border or get to that, you know, get to that epiphany and then just stop there and revert back to their old ways because they don't know who to ask for help. They don't know what to ask. They don't know how to ask for help. And they really don't trust 
someone like giving their vulnerability to someone because potentially it can backfire. So I think I that's think, that's where the concern is. Yes. Yeah. And I think that what we as black men have to do is like Will said, it started at home. So we have to redefine to our youth what being a man is. You know what I mean? It is from from day one, you know what I mean? Man, man, quit crying. So now I can't cry. You know what I'm saying? I can't show no emotion. So, you know what I'm saying? Every time you, you man, I ain't, you feeling down, it's like, no, nah, let me tighten up. I ain't, I ain't soft, you know what I mean? So now then you, you, people get to, people talk about you for talking about your feelings. And now that's, that's looked down upon. So, you know what I'm saying? What, What's, what's really being a man? Is, is the man the person that talk about it or is the man the person that hide it? Because well, all we done seen from the person that keep his emotions bottled up, should he keep losing? You know what I mean? But that's a man, though. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So now, you know, my, go ahead. So my, so my question is that, like, from Netflix, with that being said, from you, from Steph, from your point, Gary, from your point, not only do we have to go back and define to the youth what a man is we got to define to each other what a man is you know what i'm saying because that's how can we make sure that trickles down to the youth if not everybody on the same page you know what i'm saying not everybody got a different version of, of a man or what they proceed to be a man so i can say whatever i need to to the youth that now i'm growing up but if if it's 75 percent of the other man given another definition you know what i'm saying this is why these conversations are so important why it's important for us to be on the same page. You know what I'm saying? Because as long as we streamline that definition of what a man is, you know what I'm saying, and what a man means, then we're able to make sure that that's trickled down to majority, to everybody, to make sure that definition is transformed. Because right now, and what we've been trained to believe, it's like what Will said, it's just put your head down and work, be a man, provide, hide your emotions, stuff like that, right? But where has that got us? You know what I'm saying? That has got us to bottle up our feelings. That has got, you know what I'm saying, multiple men to work themselves to death. You know what I'm saying? To not express how they feel. Just imagine, you know what I'm saying, like even small things about men. Oh, I don't believe in going to a doctor. I don't believe in taking medicine. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't believe in doing that. That comes from like this persona that we can't show no emotion. You can't show no weakness. Like, you know what I mean? But what's really weak? Are you expressing like, is, is you expressing how you feel? that sign of vulnerability like that propels, you know, so many other black men and get so many other black men the confidence to show exactly, you know what I mean, how they feel and what needs to be said for other men to be on the same page. So Will, just tell, talk to me about like, how do you feel about really making sure that, you know, men have the same definition? And what do you feel like that definition of a man should be transformed into? Well, I don't think it necessarily needs to be transformed. I think we need to get back to the roots and, and how we were as original people, our nature. And like the way I was taught, I grew up. First off, I had two father figures. I had my pops, my stepdad, who was like, he was in the streets, he was a hustler, but he was a man of honor. And then I had my biological father, who was also, he was in the military and so, you know how they rock and you know what discipline means to them and commitment means to them. And so mm -hmm. I think about just the standards that they set for me, but I also saw their flaws. And so when I think about manhood, one, a man has to pursue power. The reason you got to pursue power, because if you don't got power, you don't have freedom. 
And if you don't got freedom, you can't provide no type of healthy environment to start a family and to grow a community. And so as men, we pursue power through production. Shit, we got, we are busting us, we got sperm because we producers, we men, that's what we do. And so from nerd, you provide, like you say, provide, protect. That's in our code, we understand that. From those three core values, we have to understand balance and the difference between being a man and a woman and feminine energy and masculine energy. A man is a man because it's majority masculine energy. Now, you're still a man if you are feminine. Once your balance is off and you're a little more feminine, we know how they rock and you know you might be trans, be gay, whatever the, the nature is. But the yeah. balance within a man is what I think we need to focus on. And so we got we got young boys running around here and boys can be 40 year olds or they could be 14 year olds, but they don't have any balance of feminine energy. You got 100% masculine and you ain't tapped into no feminine. And we just talked about how the feminine nature is the one that's, that, that speaks up, the one that complains, the one that is nurturing, the one that is caring, the one that is just really in tune with the emotional state because as men, we can't be the best versions of ourselves if we don't have that balance. And especially if you're a single man, you don't got no woman holding you accountable on a daily basis. And so it's not a matter of who needs to do better, men or women to me. I think that we got our standard for men, we got our standard for women, and we all just need to hold each other accountable to it and not get to saying, oh, just because this is the new society we live in that this is how we should be conducting ourselves. No, we know our original nature and we need to stick to it. No, I think you bring up a lot of good points with that, that balance of feminine energy because I think there are certain characteristics that are looked at as feminine, right? Um, but, I mean, should they be looked at as feminine? And I think that, you know, even just that word, right, even just that word gives people, like, the wrong connotation sometimes, you know? It just make, make them feel like makes them feel but like, all right, well... I don't mean to cut you off, but but that's no, good. We can't we can't look at feminine as weak, and that's the 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 problem we're looking at the world through, just the the white male patriarch view is that they don't see women as powerful. They don't see feminine as the same equal as masculine. And so once we start looking at ourselves through that same lens, somebody bring up something feminine, you soft, you weak. Nah, feminine don't mean weak. It means it's just a different form of energy. It's a different nature, and women just naturally have more of that feminine energy, but we still need it in order to be real leaders of men and, and or in order to have some type of patience and understanding. You think men just started off with patience and understand? We trying to get up and get it. We trying to hustle. We trying to make plays. And our women had to calm down, you know, let's, let's slow down. And then as men got wiser, they was like, yeah, I listened to the women in my life. Let me tell the young men that they need to slow it down, they need to understand. And so it ain't about feminine having negative connotations. Now, the negative connotations come from us not being our original nation and looking at it through this white man's world. That's that's a good counter. I like that, that's a good counter. You know what I mean? That, but the, I mean, and that's really what it comes down to. Like, this is really the content that we need to have and make sure that, you know, people out there really listen and are in tune with themselves, you know, to be the best version of themselves and really look at themselves and say, really like, 
like what am I how do I feel about myself and I feel like that confidence right that confidence to be vulnerable you know what I mean that confidence to have that balance of that feminine and that, and that masculine energy that confidence to move in a room no matter what and I think a problem that I have we could talk about this is that like you know, I think black males, we have this energy with each other that who we're, whom we're comfortable with, but like in other rooms, you know what I'm saying? Then the energy does change. Like, you know what I mean? But, you know what I'm saying? Sad to say, like more black women are who they are no matter where they go. You know what I mean? But black men, I, you really can't say the same. You'll see a black man act totally different. You know what I'm saying? We he in the club with his boys, you know what I'm saying? Versus in a laid back environment. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, what do you think that energy, like, comes from? And what can we do to not feel like we have to be so impressionable? We can, like, stand our grounds and be comfortable and confident with ourselves because I think when you're comfortable with yourself in any environment, then you're able to, you know, be more real with yourself, have those vulnerable conversations, and have that, have that balance because you have nothing to prove to anybody, you know what I'm saying, but the betterment of yourself. I think that that, I think a lot of that comes from, you know, as, as you as you coming up, you learn that you got to move a certain way in certain environments in order to get what you want. That's that hustle aspect, right? You can't hustle the same way in every environment. Everybody don't take the same to the same product. So you kind of got to wear a different hat around different people in order to get what you want. Whereas, you you, go ahead. You can't talk to you can't talk to Granny and get the twenty bucks that Granny gonna give you the same way you're gonna talk to your boss to try to get that raise, like. You, as you grow up, you got to, like, we, we automatically come become kind of shapeshifters and we gauge the actual atmosphere first and see which, you know, which characteristic or which personality trait is going to shine the best in this atmosphere. I agree with Gabe mm -hmm. 100% on that. And so I just read a book. I just got done reading The Spook Who Set By The Door. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all familiar with it, but basically, you know what I mean? He pretty much... He pretty much highlighted what a lot of us, I'm sure, go through in everyday society. You know what I mean? You, you're in different rooms with different people all the time. At the end of the day, the goal is the same. You know what I mean? The goal is always going to stay the same, but you got to go through this room to get to this room to get to this room. You got to go through that room. And you can't, you can't be the same type of person. You know what I mean? You want to be perceived a certain way by certain people in order to get what you want. So... I get, I feel what you're saying too, Kendall, because you know what I'm saying? You obviously want to be yourself. Your core center got to stay the same, but you can't deliver the message the same way to everybody. Everybody ain't going to receive it the same way. And that's where it's hard to find that balance. Uh, I see Will over there chomping at the bit ready to say something. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Will? Uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm following your waves, G, because like it's, it's hard to separate it sometimes when we don't have the example. Like, we, we literally trying to set a blueprint from scratch. Nah, I ain't gonna disrespect and say it's from scratch, but we trying to take it to a new standard that we haven't seen. And I think that's where the depression, the confusion comes from, is that we're asking, what is this standard? We're asking, how do we create a certain code for our, our boys to come up to, to become men? And we have to live it first, you know? We gotta actually experience ourselves. I don't got kids yet, so I can't really talk to another father about how to raise kids. All I can talk about is my life experiences into manhood. And so 
I think we have to lean on each other and we have to talk to each other about those gaps where we lack understanding. And that's where we're able to really tap in and, and figure things out before we get to that part of the journey. I think the key that you said right there to me is talking to each other. So like, you know, as people elevate, a lot of times they forget about the people that that they was with prior to them elevate. You know, some reasons are different than others, but for the most part, in order for us to continue to lay this blueprint for the younger generation, they ain't gonna never learn if we don't teach it to them. So the people that's, you know, where 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 they trying to be or where we trying to get to, if they don't teach, if they don't reach back and teach, it's that's when they feel like we coming from scratch. So I feel exactly what you're saying right there because we're not getting no, oh, it's like this. You know what I'm saying? You got to really study the game and study certain people and, and find them individuals. But a lot of them ain't, ain't reaching back and, and teaching and laying the blueprint and stuff like that. That's why I appreciate, you know what I'm saying, people like like Master P, for example. I I, I think that he wanted to, he wanted the goats to me when it come to really like showing you how to, do it on your own and, 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 and spreading the wealth amongst his family, teaching his kids how to do it on their own. That's how you're supposed to do it. That's how you're supposed to do it. Like, you got you to gotta teach the ones up under you because at the end of the day, in order for your product to keep growing, and at, at one point, you're going to be gone. So, like, all that knowledge you had that you didn't share is just gone. So... If you don't pass the baton, or at least some of the pieces of the baton, nobody going to finish that race for you. It's just going to stop. And I think that that's where a lot of times we be so caught up in, in, and not to say anybody in here, but just in general, as men, we be so caught up in competition. We got to be the first. We got to be the first. And we forget, like, shit, we can't run this race forever. Somebody going to come behind us. And, you know what I'm saying, you got to groom somebody in order to really push for that mission, whatever that goal is that you're trying to get to, you might not be able to get there one day. Or that person that you help out, they might mess around and help you. They might see something that you don't see, and they push you to another height that you ain't even know you could get to. You feel me? And I think that that's, that's the biggest piece is talking to each other, communicating with each other, communicating with your brother. You know what I'm saying? That piece is, is the one that we always forget about. We always talk at each other, but we don't really talk to each other, work with each other. And I think that that's the piece that's missed. Yeah, I mean, to follow up on that, when we talk about generational wealth, we talk about really passing down directly to those below us, you know, to our family, to those that we're immediately affected by or that we immediately have access to. But that's just from a vertical perspective, right? I mean, we already acknowledge in the ways that, you know, Black men, us, Black people in general, have are so far behind, you know what I'm saying, due to, you know, the systematic ways that have been placed to where, you know, we don't have access to the same, you know, uh, things that, you know, white people have access to. And that's just being a book. So my thing is that when we talk about communicating and passing information down, that's to everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's not just directly down to those below us, because that's what we we think. Like, we've got to feed the family. We've got to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've got to make sure they're good. But what about spreading that laterally, you know what I'm saying, to those around us, because you don't know if you spread it laterally to your left or to your right, that may come back to you or come back to somebody that's affected by you in general. Like, we need to grow at a much more rapid pace. So I think that us feeling like we have to just 
be focused on feeding the family and those around us. No, we got to be not be greedy, focused on feeding everybody, feeding everybody with resources, with information, with knowledge, because like black people in general, we feed that's in entrepreneurship, that's in corporate, like all these different ways that we need to grow. We need to, you know what I'm saying, get, continue to push and gain that momentum so we can push them in the right direction. So years from now, you know what I'm saying, we're not just worried about, we're not just thinking about what we put for our family, but we know that information is going to come full circle, you know what I'm saying, in our race in general. And I think once we get out of that mindset, you know what I'm saying, and we are, because I feel like sometimes like black people or black men in general, like we're kind of like all about us, you know what I'm saying, and all about those immediately around us. But we got to expand our mind a little bit more and understand how those things can come back around you know what I'm saying? So it's not just about feeding the circle, but it's also feeding those who are willing to listen, who are willing to learn, who are willing to, you know what I'm saying, take heed to that opportunity to really push forward. You know what I mean? So those are things I talk about, you know what I'm saying? Or I think about, you know, when uh, Gabe, you talk about, you know what I'm saying, Master P and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because I feel like, I think that we are so talented, Black men, specifically speaking. Black women, of course, we know how talented they are, but we're talking about Black men, right? we're so talented from a, a content perspective, you know what I'm saying? From just our, our grind, our effort, you know what I'm saying? Just like, we have a hard nose for things. And I feel like with that being said, we got to look up. Will already alluded to the fact that our head be down a lot of times. If we look up and do the simple things just by doing that. I think that we'll have a much better, we'll have a much better opportunity, you know what I'm saying? To see things for what they really are and understand how, being vulnerable, you know what I'm saying? Communicating with everybody, you know what I'm saying? And providing access to information will help the greater cause and for the greater good. Yeah, man. Um, I know Will made reference to and um, I, him not being a father and um, him wanting to instill, you know, certain aspects into the next generation. Um, I would challenge and say that, you know, even before you become a father, there are people that need the information that you have. Um, there are people that, you know, don't have father figures that are roaming through this world and picking and choosing certain, um, you know, um, traits and characteristics from people, you know, on their own. You know, and, 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 and these people are easy to see, you know. And if you just so happen to cross paths with this person, you can change that person's life, you know, in three minutes of having a quick conversation. If you build that, um, that you know, um, conversation up, you build that rapport, you see that this person is going to, you know, use the information that you give them. You give them with that information, you never see this person the rest of your life. That can be a life-changing moment for them. Um, once again, like, I'm not a father either. Um, but, you know, if I walk around my nephews and nieces and I walk around their friends, like you can see them looking at you, gauging you, seeing how you move, seeing what you do, you know? So if you see them, you know, in tune, engaged and looking for someone to give them some knowledge, give them some wisdom, you know, I think that's where the power is because they're going to hear this from, you know, a cousin or an uncle or something like that. And they may just, you know, bypass that off, you know, because especially black men when they're young, very observant, you know, very in tune. And they're looking to, you know, even match your words to your actions. So if someone's already in their life, that's not, you know, um, 
matching those two up and they say something and they don't have that credibility and then they you know come across will you know in a grocery store or something like that i had this conversation in aisle three you know that can literally change that person's pathway you know for the rest of their life and you know we would never know but that's us doing our part in someone else's life in turn you know changing another black male's perspective for the greater good so i don't think it's just about and i've, I've tried to get out of that too like hey focusing on me focusing on mine focusing on my family folks on my nephews my nieces you know to you know seeing it as a larger family you know seeing your um responsibility even to the little kid down the street that you always see dribbling the basketball when you ride back and forth to and from work. You know what I'm saying? You have an obligation to him as well, just as much as you will to, you know, your, your own offspring. Like that's where we need to be at if we are going to push this to the next level. It takes a village. Yep. I, I, I feel you on that, OG, definitely. I definitely feel you on that, G. But the only, I guess, the only pivot I'm taking now is that I truly believe that one, the information that I talk about, the things that I've learned, it came from me having that thirst for knowledge. And mm -hmm. I know that the ones who need it the most usually aren't the ones who are reaching out for the information that's out here and that's trying to find the mentors, even though they need it the most. And so we got to find where we at on our path in our lives, where are you really able to take time and give real tangible resources to the people that's in the trenches, to the people that really need it, or are you just going down there to give them some lip service, some hope, some inspiration? Because that's cool. But I don't. I I know them. I know the youngest down in the city. They they cool on hope. They cool on the inspirational speak. They they cool on all of that. G. If you don't got no no job opportunity, you ain't putting no products in their hand. You ain't putting them on game about real estate. Like if you're not doing these type of things tangibly, then, then me personally, then I'm not going to be down there in the hood with the youngins. I'm going to be with my family. We're going to be building. And I encourage the next people to be in their families building the same way. Because put it like this, I can't have a relationship with 50 young black boys and I got two young brothers and not talk to them every day. Like clearly I'm pouring my energy so many different ways that I could let one of my young brothers crash that's right next to me because I'm not focused. And so I think that that's going, that's going, that energy is kind of going to multiply by people seeing how much that you pour into your own family and that you take that same concern when you see the youngins out, when you got time to talk to them and connect with them. But I personally, I'm not going out of my way to pull the youngest out the trenches if I don't got nothing for them at that moment. I think both things can be true though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that it's definitely gotta be a balance, you know what I mean? To understand that, you know, there's a certain threshold that you don't pass, you know, and that you don't go past, you know what I'm saying? Due to the things that you believe in and you can't like, you know, and obviously everybody grows up in different environments. So, you know, obviously the people in the city and people in the trenches or whatnot, like, they not even listening to you if they feel like, you know what I'm saying, you can't relate to them. You know what I mean? But they feel like you haven't been where they've been. You know what I'm saying? Which is why, like, the conversations, you know what I mean, and we 
going back to this, you know, same point, this conversation is like between us need to continue amongst men our age, you know what I'm saying? Amongst men that do have that influence in every type of environment, you know what I mean? Because all it takes is for somebody to listen to this, you know what I mean? Or, you know, be in an environment where they be like, dang, I never, never looked at it like that, you know what I'm saying? And it kind of like starts to open their mind up, you know what I mean? And obviously we know this is going to be a process, man. This is a battle. I think that we've been like trained to operate as, you know, what this image of a man is supposed to look like for so long. You know what I'm saying? So we're, this is an uphill battle. You know what I mean? Like we're just trying to have the conversations with those who are willing to listen with those who like are looking for that knowledge. You know what I'm saying? And try to take that, that slither of hope, that slither of, you know what I'm saying? Communication, the opportunity, you know what I'm saying? To make a difference because word travels, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it needs to be the majority of us. The majority of us needs to be on the same page. The majority of us needs to feel like, you know what I mean, like that we need to be better as men and to be productive in society. You know what I'm saying? Because how productive are we going to be, you know what I'm saying, in this, like, in, in the trenches? How productive are, like, are we going to be? You know what I'm saying? Like, are we making the most out of our lives, you know what I'm saying, where we can, you know what I'm saying, put those people around us in you know what I'm saying, in positions to be successful, to live like lives that are sustainable, you know what I'm saying, to be productive members of society, because whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's corporate, you know what I'm saying, whether it's, uh, you know what I'm saying, learning a trade, like we all can be better represented in those areas, you know what I'm saying, we all can be better represented in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different areas, you know, where they need to see more of us, you know what I'm saying, that's why I hate when, you know, people try to push entrepreneurship only to downplay everything else you know what i'm saying but we need that representation like me and gabe always talk about this we need the representation in all aspects whether it's in the whether it's in law you know what i'm saying whether it's in trade service whatever the case may be so i think this room and opportunity for all of us we got to just find that niche you know what i'm saying and you know giving people that sense of hope where you know you don't have to you know what i'm saying this isn't the only way it may look like it's the only way but i promise you like Maybe these resources will help you think differently. You know what I'm saying? We can't save everybody, but we can, like, you know what I'm saying, transform the minds who are willing to listen. And that's where it begins. But obviously, the conversation, the communication for each of us needs to grow, right? You know what I'm saying? If we feel like we can speak what we really feel and uh, hear, um, then we'll be able to have a better influence on those around us and have that be a, a compound effect. But yeah. I really want to see, I really want to ask y'all real quick, man, like, um, on a lighter note, man, like, I know we talked about being a provider, right? So, like, what is your definition of a provider as a black man? You know what I'm saying? Like, whether to you, to your family, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that definition has, definition has been, um, has been tainted in a lot of ways or misconstrued in a lot of ways, you know what I'm saying? Or transform, whether it's by women or whether it's by society, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like a lot of times we get headstrong of being a provider, but we don't even, everybody's definition of a provider uh, varies. So like, Steph, like what is your definition of a provider as a black man? Like, what do you think about, you know what I'm saying? What do you, when you think about being a provider of your family, you know what I'm saying? Um, what are the things that are most important to you? What values do you really hold to be like, you know, vital? 
first thing when I think provider is going to be financial. Um, you know, um, when, you know, the financial aspect is needed, you're there to either completely, you know, support the load or even, you know, initiate something. Um, and that's normally what's, you know, on the top of, you know, that at the surface of that provider conversation. Um, but I think, you know, the next step is going to be us being supportive from an emotional standpoint, spiritual standpoint, and a religious standpoint. I think that gets downplayed a lot when it comes to black men being providers um, in a current day you know, definition, if you will. Yeah, to me, it's, it's being a provider of a safe space. Like, that's that's the priority above all. Of course, you got to handle business financially, but as we know, Black women, they with us. If they with you, they with you. And so as long as you provide a safe space for them to feel vulnerable and they can trust you, then the finance is going to take care of itself because you – if you a man, you might be a boy, then the finances are not going to take care of themselves. But if you acting according to the code of being a man, everything that you're going to do going to produce and it's going to monetize. So that's how the money going to come. I think for, for, for me, I think the knowledge is the piece I always, <clears throat> I ain't going to say necessarily leave out, but I always forget about. And, and just to, you know what I mean, just sharing a little little tidbits and stuff like that. Like, for example, like my girl, she's starting her own business. And so like, now I feel like it is glaring to me, like, damn, I could have really been put you in position, like now knowing that this is what you want to do. But you know what I mean? Like being able to share that knowledge piece and like I'm going through all these bumps and bruises as a business owner and now I can kick that same knowledge back to her so she don't got to go through the same thing. And I think that that's the piece that a lot of times, you know what I mean? We, we forget about as a man is just to, to share knowledge. I agree with all that, man. I agree with everything y'all are saying. Um, I like how y'all all had different definitions of a provider. And this is what I really want to focus on because like Steph alluded to as far as like the common day definition of a provider, like I think a lot of times, you know, um, that black men are easily swayed on like what a provider means, you know what I'm saying? Based on who's asking, you know what I'm saying? Like if a black woman perceives, you know what I'm saying? Or if any woman, right, perceives like uh, a provider to be like, you know, you do this, that, and the third, you pay all the bills, you do this, that, and the third, you know what I'm saying? Like some black men would ad adhere to that, whether then, you know what I'm saying? Whether than like remaining Step, remaining still on their values, remaining still on like what that looks like according to them. And like, I want to just get your opinion on like, what do y'all think about that? Because I feel like a lot of men are like easily swayed and like this, it goes back to like men having that confidence to like, you know, really staying their ground on like what they believe in, what their values in. Because like you said, well, a black woman going to hold you down regardless. You know what I'm saying? So why do you, why do some men feel like they got to move you know what I'm saying, for whoever's asking, whether than, you know what I'm saying, having that, like, standing short on your value, and then, you know, that woman that's going to support you, that's going to mutually benefit you, is also, you know what I'm saying, going to add value, you know what I'm saying? Like, do y'all see that 
any y'all out here? Yeah, for sure. But we got to recognize the difference between your woman supporting you and your woman babying you. And it's a lot of men who get comfortable with their woman babying them. And when it's challenged or when somebody brings it up, it's, oh, you just not um, accepting that it's a new definition of a man. It's like, nah, we ain't saying that you have to chase the bag and you have to be this ultra alpha male, but you have to provide. And if you're not hustling and you're not making moves to provide, then it doesn't matter if y'all are comfortable at home. That's the problem. You're still going to be called out and you're still going to fall short, especially if you're around other men. They're going to check you. They're going to they're gonna have some questions about it. And like I say, it has nothing to do with, with finances. My fiance make a lot of money. And so I know she could take care of herself. But I also know that I have to carry myself in a way that demonstrates that I'm being a man and I'm not being her child. That's 100%, bro. I agree. I agree. That's that's a lot to unpack right there, man. That's a lot to unpack right there. Nah, I uh, I definitely think we we touched on a lot, touched on a lot of the struggles as a black man. Um, I appreciate y'all for getting on here, man. Definitely want to give y'all the floor one more time before we before we head out. Uh, start with you, Will. You know, give everybody your socials. Uh, tell them how to tap in with you. Uh, yeah, for sure. On all social media platforms is will.a.brown. And so, well, actually, let me take that back. On Facebook is Will A. Brown. On Instagram is will.a.brown. And on Twitter is will.a.brown. And so, like, the, the last thing I really want to leave the people with is, like I, like I mentioned earlier, having a code or a standard can only be set through demonstration and through experience. And so I don't want us to get so wrapped up in not understanding what that standard is right now and stay wrapped up in understanding that we have certain values of righteousness. You wake up every day, you don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't steal. You just start at that foundation. Then we don't got to worry about 99% of the bullshit that's going on between black men. And the things that's pulling us apart, that ego, that jealousy, that was programmed into us. That was not our original nature. And when they talk about, I think Jay-Z said that he said how the crabs in the bucket is crabs in the bucket because they ain't supposed to be in the bucket. And so when we all understand that my brother, anybody that I see that's come from a community like mine, I'm going to collaborate with. I'm going to see somebody that that's an opportunity to build with, even if we in the same lane. Like, even if we got the same projects or the same products, we're not competing with each other. Iron sharpens iron, of course. But always see your brother as somebody that you can confide in and somebody that you can build with. Real talk. Steph, man. Social networks, IG and um, Twitter, the Steph Lutva. That's at T H E E S T E F L U V A. Um, once again, shout out to Modern Growth. Keep keep producing content, thought provoking content. Um, I think Will 
Um, you know, just me being a, you know, participant and also a listener will definitely drop the gem on me. And I hope everybody understands this, you know, um, you know, men have certain power and women have certain power. It's not, you know, a strength versus a weakness piece. And I think the, the power that women have about, you know, their emotional intelligence is definitely something that I, um, you know, that I see in women and that's the challenge that I'm putting on myself and also other black men to be, you know, knowledgeable about their emotions and being, you know, being in tune about it, you know, and don't see that as a weakness, see that as another strength that you can actually harvest and give out to the world. Peace. Hey man, mm -hmm. like I said, I think that, you know, first of all, thank you, Will. Thank you, Steph, man. I think y'all brought, you know what I'm saying, some great elements to the pod, man, to this conversation, you know, that be, we've been wanting to have. And I think you guys are perfect, you know, bringing, you know, not only thought-provoking conversation, but just like the intel, you know, coming from different perspectives, different backgrounds. And I feel like, you know, everybody can take from something, you know what I mean, that we've heard on this podcast. And that's what, you know, we really want to promote, you know what I mean? And we, that's what we really, like, really focus on bringing guests on this pod. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's a lot of things that me and Gage just can't cover. You know what I'm saying? We don't represent the perspective for every single person, for every single man, you know? And so it's been definitely an honor to have y'all both on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Make sure y'all reach out to them um, via the socials that they provided. You know, we would love to have y'all on the pod again and reach out and just communicate with y'all, connect with y'all, man, because I think this is what we have to do. Not only, you know, get connected, but stay connected. You know what I mean? And continue to move forward and pr pr produce, not only produce content, but also have like, you know, uh, generate further conversation from here. You know, this is only the beginning and this is what Mind Growth is all about. But, you know, for me, you know what I'm saying? G is my co-host always. Thank you for rocking it down, man. So if y'all listening out there, man, hope y'all really enjoy this podcast today, The Struggles of a Black Man. Um, we talked about a lot. And also listen to uh, How to Say I Love You in Black. You know, if you haven't heard that podcast. And uh, also check it out, all the other podcasts we got going on uh, at Modern Growth. You know, we got some big things coming. A lot of conversations we definitely want to have, man. But, you know, um, just follow the page, man. Modern.growth, uh, you know what I'm saying? Instagram, and uh, we're going to keep growing. If y'all want to tap in, if y'all got any comments, you know what I'm saying? Um, any questions, you know what I'm saying? Any thoughts about the pie? Y'all want to rate us on Apple Podcasts? Please do that. All interaction is good interaction, man. We just love to hear from y'all. We want to keep this thing going, man. So, you know, thank y'all again for pre for uh for you know staying tuned with us today. And uh, like Gabe said, man, we got better today, man. Appreciate y'all. All right, man. We out. Wow, man. Appreciate y'all, boys. For real, for real, man. Appreciate. It. Appreciate. Pleasure's it. mine, man. Pleasure's mine. Time, man. Yeah, you know what's happening, Gabe. Already, bro. You have to grow.